episode of Avatar The Last Korra. We're almost done with season two, Hannah. It's, it, this is the end. I know. We're done. We're done. David, we're so close. We did it. We did it, guys. Are you proud of us? I'm proud of us. We, we rewatched. <laughs> we, only have to... we rewatched it for you. We've seen this before, but but we watched it again. David, Giant I watched it Korra. the once when it aired. I watched it the once when it Korra aired. Cora the Kaiju. And I was like, yep. I was just like, oh. Kaiju Cora. No, okay. There's no good resolution to any of this. No. Nope. Neat. Nope. Uh, nope. Cool. And All then right. I continue to still it. watch two more in. seasons. God. All right. Yeah. So, so okay. I, I'll say this. I don't hate the spirit yeah. world scene where the adults of uh, Bumikaya and Tenzin are searching yeah. for Jinora. I, I think it's Yeah, fine. I have the same note. They meet, like, a spider. They, they meet a spider scorpion guy who's like, get the hell out of here. And then they're like... All right, bye. Right, and there's like a, then, a couple uh, of moments where they're all sort of just proven out of their depth. You know, like none of them are in charge. And it, yeah. and I think it continues to build on something that earlier in the season we saw at them where, you know, like they bicker like siblings because they are. Um, and, you know, yeah. there's there's sort of a elbowing for hierarchy and control with between them. Right. So, yeah, Kaya tries to spirit sense <laughs> uh, the aura of Janora, and she can't do it. And Boomy tries to track them with his woodsman, wildsman skills. Mm-hmm. and uh, They can't do you know, it. Uh, right. And obviously, we've already talked about how Tenzin has never been to the spirit <laughs> world before and doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, so who can help uh, Uncle Iroh again? Because he's still there, despite my chagrin. Yep. But, like, um, he just, like, shows up to geez. be, like, something dark is happening. Blah. No, he says, you, if you stay here too long, you'll end up in a place where only the lost will ever find you. And I don't know what that means. It doesn't mean anything. It's such a stupid line. I'm so angry. Why are they giving Iroh the dumb line? It's so dumb and bad. And then they go back to the spider, and the spider throws them into the fog of lost souls. Why, why, why is souls, why, lost souls, David, why, David, why, why is this, David, why does this, there's no reason for this. Why does this exist? It's so bad. I don't know. It's like heaven or like hell. It's, it's like purgatory. purgatory. But why? It's, it's spirit purgatory. And, and Xiao is know. there. And like. I mean, maybe other people disagree with me on this. Cause, so we shouldn't just assume this. So audience, if you like the fog of lost souls, I disagree with you. And here's why. The spirit world is not heaven. It's not hell. It's not purgatory. It is a higher plane of existence that, you know, encompasses the gods of our world, the controllers of nature and all of the, you know, things that we could access if we were to just, you know, release our earthly tethers. No, David, you um, can get there by walking through a portal. Duh. You can't get there by walking through a portal, and your soul can't be trapped in there for all eternity. It's This is not a thing. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> like, I mean, like, here's the thing. I, I'm not against there being a place where, like, you know, l- like, the idea that someone could be trapped in the spirit world. You know, like, I think that could be interesting. Sure. But the way they do it here is just so dumb it's like such a it feels like a greek myth 
being like shoved into this like it's very western it's so I, I, western it's just not eastern it, like what it, fog of lost souls and it's actually a living spirit is the fog and it goes into your brain and drives you mad yeah and so you just repeat one line over and over again and like i don't know is is the going mad supposed to like teach them a lesson or something like i can't put my finger on it you know, like, like it feels like it's trying to do something. No, it's just to trap you there so you can't find your way Cause out. Like, because, like, Kaya's like, no, I don't have any family. I'm all alone. And Boomy's, like, suddenly really scared. So I'm like, is it supposed to... Well, it just draws on, like, your worst fears or whatever. I don't know. I'll buy that much. It's yeah. just, why is it a living spirit that's a spirit fog that's there to trap you and drive you crazy? It just seems... Why does it want to do that? It just seems... <laughs> why is it... Why is that its goal? It also seems dumb and contrived that there's a fucking spirit prison for humans. And there are multiple humans right. in here on purpose. That it's a prison. Right. Like, why... Does the fucking spirit world have the concept of prisons? You know? Right. Like. Very odd. I mean. What? I don't think the, the Zhao thing is the worst thing ever. I mean, so we find out that Zhao is trapped in the spirit world and that he's in this fog of lost souls. We didn't really see what happened to him at the yeah. end of book one, Avatar. We just saw that he got sucked up by the spirit right. of the ocean. Right. Um. We thought he drowned. Mm-hmm. I thought he drowned. Yep. I think that's fine. I don't see any problem with him drowning. But this isn't the worst thing in the world. No. He shows up and he sees Tenzin and he's like, Avatar, you're older, but I know it's you. Right. I'm going to capture you. But, I <laughs> so, mean, I don't know. I thought, I thought it was a decent way to show the viewer. Like, if this concept was better or in a different show, this wouldn't be a bad way to sort of show how just how long someone can be trapped in here for, you know, and like how mad yeah, they can be. I mean, be that's driven. good, and it's just, you know, more importantly, it's just it's kind of the first like nod to the original series that I didn't find insulting to my intelligence. Yes, I would um, agree. <laughs> like all the other ones are like Lin Beifong. That means I knew your mother in a past life. <laughs> Whoa, Crazy. and you two dated. Whoa. Whoa! And Aang was a bad father? Whoa! Wow! Uh, yeah. Bloodbending? That's something I remember from the original show. But it's like... Yeah, it's... It's all very insulting to my intelligence. But this is very, like, it straightforward. Natural. It's a nod. It's... Yeah, and it's, and, it's, and it's gone. And then you never have to think about it again. Yeah. Um, Unless you do a recap show. <laughs> I know, yeah. Meanwhile, in the fate for the world... Uh, Unalak is all like, take me, Kite Daddy, and Vatu... Take me, Kite Daddy. <laughs> yeah, that's the name of the episode. That's <laughs> <laughs> the name of the episode. Take me, Kite Daddy. Um... <laughs> so they have a fight. Triangle wins. <laughs> uh, triangle man. Yeah, then he becomes the Negatar, and he's all evil and shit, um... Uh, but then, you know, Korra he turns into a giant squid monster, <laughs> uh, declares big... 10,000 years of darkness. But, you know, your casual kaiju uh, sort of normal, shit. Normal, <laughs> normal religious unification stuff, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, very basic, like, oh, you know, I just believe that the spirit world and the human world should be united. 10,000 years of darkness from the giant squid monster. Ugh, yeah. I don't get it. And then, I don't know, they fight for a bit, and Korra can suddenly now hear Rava, 
because she's in mortal danger, I guess. But, like, why not any other... I thought it was because of Conmarnic Convergence. Oh, maybe. That's... I'll accept but that. either way, it's contrived. Yeah, it's really contrived. Um, and, you know, the the fog thing gets gets cleared up when Tenzin realizes he doesn't have to be his dad. He just has to be himself. And then the fog... But what does that mean? I don't... Like, he doesn't learn anything no. about himself. He just says, I am Tenzin. David, he does this... I'm me. He does the same bullshit to Korra later, and the show's like, ah, yes, yourself, being it. I am me. Good. And it's like... I am me. <laughs> what is that? Like, what are you doing? I think it maybe it's supposed to be, like, you know, um, confronting the... Uh, collectivism of like Eastern mythology that was very present in the original mm-hmm. show and making it more individualistic. I mean, so now yes. what makes Korra special is that she's Korra, and what makes Tenzin special is that he's Tenzin. It has nothing to do with the wisdom of the elders or their culture the power of your past lives right. or your culture or anything like that. It's just, I'm me. And I'm so individual that I have power because everyone has power oh my because God. we're all individuals. And we get it with Janora. There is no state. We get it with Janora too. Um, it's it's so dumb and bad, and I hate it. I'm me. Anyway, they find Janora, and he collects Tenzin, grabs her and his siblings, and then they like peace out. Um, meanwhile, He's... Mako and Bolin get fucking yoinks captured. Uh, but then Bolin, I I cannot stand this scene with Bolin, where you think he's. I don't understand the writers and what they're you, trying to accomplish. First of all, back during like the whole th- shit in Republic City, he like gets together with the like hot movie star he's been like playing against, like his romantic lead. Uh, yeah, but but as soon as she likes him, it's fake. Yeah. When he liked her, it was totally real and it was the true the true, true love. love. But as soon as she likes him, it's fake. It, it's fake. But um, then also, um, he immediately forgets about it up here, I guess, because he's like, Desna, I love you. Please, let's spend the end of the. I think it's Eska. Uh, I think Desna's oh, the guy. Sure, yeah, it's fucking Eska. Whatever. I they I don't even care <laughs> enough. Um, They're identical twins. Who gives a shit? One of the fucking twins who's played by Aubrey Plaza. I think it'd be a really interesting twist if Bolin said, I'm sorry, Eska, my heart belongs (laughs) to another. Desna. Be with me. You are the one for me. When I saw you, I thought you were a woman, but I was right that I was attracted to you. (laughs) Would have been a better twist. Anyway... The twist is yeah. that he wasn't manipulating her just to break free of their grasp. He loves this woman who he was abused by 24-7 and literally escaped from. Uh, but now Also, like, literally her. it would have been a good arc that he, like, learns how to act and then... Well, I guess it wouldn't have been a good arc. <laughs> Because basically what it would say is he learns how to act, and because he's a good actor, he now knows how to manipulate women but like, into doing what he I wants. Which is not a great it's not arc. not a great arc, but it would have But been, at least it's a skill that he would have yes, gained. A, a fucking tangible skill. Uh, also, it would have been better than him legitimately going back to an abuser and, like, validating yeah. all sorts of really fucked up shit around that. Um, 
Oh, God. Terrible. Terrible shit. I don't know what the writers were intending. I don't know why they even wrote that scene. It's, you know, unnecessary to the plot. You could skip the whole thing. It's just, I guess, to have something to cut away to Bolin and Mako, because they're kind of pointless in this season. I don't know. Awful. Awful shit. Terrible. So then the Negatar just, like floops into the portal or something. I forget how he gets down. Oh, wait. First they... First he smash Rava. Oh, he yeah. He. he, like, whips her a bunch. And, and then all the Avatar... In- and Hannah... Avatar Jafar is dead. <laughs> Which one's Avatar Remember, Jafar? Remember, they showed Avatar Jafar. <laughs> Which one? And he, he disintegrated, too. Which one is Avatar Jafar. He's the one who looks like Jafar. Oh. You weren't even watching the episode. <laughs> there were some, like, weird-ass Avatar designs in there. Uh, yeah, there was Jafar. He's a firebender, and his name is Jafar. They love Aladdin. Based on nothing. They love Aladdin. Um, that's what it's yeah, based they, on. Well, they literally had an Avatar. He looks like Jafar, but then he disintegrated. So the the Avatar cycle is broken. Yeah. So what does that mean? Um, literally nothing. It just means that Korra no longer has any connection to her past lives. Because individuals... Right, which she never used anyway. Exactly. This has no... She can still talk to Rava, who has all of the, you know, knowledge of the past Avatars anyway. Right. This is, like, like, at first we think, like, oh, it's it has meaning because, like, Rava's, like, for realsies dead and shit. So, like, there will be no more right. avatars. So there's no more um, avatar. But right. then, like, that doesn't end up being true. So it's fine. Right. She can still go into the avatar state once she gets Rava back. She can still... Um, David. But who... <laughs> you know, she, she can still talk to Rava. But but who needs the fucking I, avatar state it's when you can just meditate and become a giant woman? This is a very good point, and I don't know why everyone doesn't just do it. Yeah. You know? All you have to do is bend your spiritual energy instead of the elements. Duh. Right. And you, you're you really good at that because you're 16 years and old. you know and so you who you are. And so you already know how to do everything. Is she still 16? You definitely know who you are. It's Well, I don't know how old she is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you're a teenager, and therefore you know exactly who you Forever. are. And you're... And you're just, like, the perfect iteration of yourself. You don't have any more growing to do, even. You're perfect. And you don't have to change at all. Because you are you. Yeah. And so you can be the big giant woman made of blue. (laughs) Uh, Oh, dear lord. I did not want to... The Tree of Time is what it is. It's We're in the next episode now. We're in Light in the Dark, which is the finale. (laughs) We're we're doing the finale. Yay. (laughs) Um, so my can I just tell you like my first note or my first two notes my first one is laser beams and giant spirits slash humans next note why is this happening and I just why why is this happening I just need to know David can you tell me why this is happening I just don't know because because we need stakes and there's no stakes. But, like, how is it <laughs> So, stake? we need giant monsters. <laughs> I think that's what it is. It's, there's, it's not that there's stakes. It's just, when you don't have stakes, throw Godzilla in there. You know? Like, that'll be your stake. Right? I mean, it's very, like, it's you know at the, at the end of Batman v Superman? You know at the end of ba- Batman v Superman where they've already resolved all the conflict? No. So then they just throw Doomsday in there? <laughs> I, I never watched that movie. <laughs> Okay, well, 
for those of you who have, uh, this is a very good analogy. <laughs> it's it's kind of the perfect analogy, and I'm a genius. And no um, one can refute you on that. Um, well, no one on this podcast. <laughs> so, Batman v Superman, like Batman and, and Superman, kind of become friends uh, at like before the final climax. Uh-huh. So, there's no more Batman v Superman left oh my God. because now they're best friends. Um, so, because of that, they just have to throw Doomsday at the movie, and it's just a giant monster who is brainless and wreaks havoc, and they have to team up to defeat him. So th- that's what this, that is. what this is. They already resolved all the conflict, I guess. Korra, the last well, Jedi, I, but she's not the last Jedi. But yeah, in this one, there's just there isn't any conflict whatsoever. No. Like, there's no spiritual conflict within Korra. There's nothing that she has to accomplish. So, I just giant monsters. I have a question: Can she bend the four yeah, elements yeah. when Rava's not in her? Do we see that at all? No, she doesn't. She just shoots laser beams out of her okay. chest. Can she bend any elements? No, she 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 doesn't bend the elements when she doesn't have Rava. But like that's I don't know. I feel like that's an interesting question because like Juan had like fire before he like hooked up with Rava and shit. Like right, but Rava was holding all of the elements that's for fair. him. That's fair. Um, I don't know. Also, then, like, Tenzin... if you drop your bag of holding in Dungeons & Dragons, you lose all the stuff inside of it, even if you were carrying it before you put it in the bag. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, alright. I don't know. I feel like Tenzin also knows a bunch of shit about, like, the Tree of Time that, like, is impossible. I read it in a book. Okay. But, like, God, where, where is it? There's, like, did I not write the... Where is the book? Basically, he's got, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Very selective knowledge. Right. He knows things only when the plot requires it. He knows shit about the Tree of Time because plot requires it. But, like, it needed to have been shit that he, someone would have needed to know about before Juan locked Vatu away. And, like, like, apparently Unalak has this knowledge, but he's been talking with Vatu... But like, okay, I see what you you're know? saying. Yeah, like it just like when 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 yeah, I see what you're saying. So when Tenzin says, uh, you know, the ancients used to meditate in this tree, he means really fucking ancient. Yeah, but like, how like, the fuck does he know about them? Like, that's what I'm saying. Before time began, and before people had books, and before people knew how to write language. So yeah, you, I see. I see your point. That is kind of bizarre knowledge for him. To it's have. just like. For it's anyone literal plot convenience, and I hate every second of it, and, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know, yeah, uh, Janora becomes a spirit lady. Yeah, she becomes she spirit she commences Jesus. Operation Winged Freedom. <laughs> she, she's literally an angel Jesus, like, stand in i don't know i just literally didn't care about a single one of the fights like oh yeah iro remember um iro zuka's grandson or grandnephew yeah. or something he's fighting in an airplane against a squid monster yeah that was really dumb and unnecessary very dumb he's still not a character um, and will never be a character merrick escapes from prison i guess which yeah that was a good fine. scene that's that's the one good scene yeah good we found a good thing to say um great 
I don't know. Also, Janora ex machina. I have written. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Janora like descends from heaven in a light bubble and gives finds the light within the darkness. AKA, there's a piece of Rava still inside right. of Vatu. Right. So what happened to ten thousand years of darkness? I don't understand. If Rava is dead, why does she just instantly regenerate? Once she's pulled out of Vatu. Yeah. Like, if that was always an option, then what even is the threat of Vatu? Literally just giant kaiju, apparently. <laughs> and a, The whole point is, sky. if one destroys the other, it'll take 10,000 years for the other one to recover. So then, my other question is, is Vatu... Because Vatu gets disintegrated uh, at the end, along with Unalak. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Um, Another dead villain. So they get disintegrated and turned into spirit butterflies, spirit dust. Um, so is Vatu now inside of Rava, inside of Korra? I have no fucking clue, and it never comes back, so it doesn't matter, and I'm just so glad that it's done and over. <laughs> it's bad. Where's Vatu is my question. And like, if, <laughs> Hashtag, like that, could be a, that could be a thematic thing. Like, that could be a real thing that has thematic oh, weight. Could, like, Korra says it. something like, now I have darkness inside of me, I've achieved balance within myself, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's about, though. That's not the point. The right. point is that Korra is Korra, and Korra is magic because of herself, and not because of her being the Avatar, or the, you know, Chief's daughter, yeah. or any of the things that she has just by virtue of her birth. It's because of something Intangible. else. Mmm, she's her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm me. Whatever. We're we. You're you. We are what we are. God damn, is this platitude and this bullshit. It's yeah. very... It's just very basic, like, identity, but she was never questioning her identity. No, literally never. That was never part of it. That's the thing. She was never saying, There's... like, I'm the Avatar, not Korra. I'm not Korra, I'm the Avatar. Korra... Like, she was never saying that. Korra has grown 0%. And any, quote-unquote, powers that she's gained... This season have had nothing to do with her a personal arc or her overcoming any personal obstacles. They've all been overcoming external forces and her own stupidity. And it's not like she becomes smart in the end or something. You know, it's just... Right. Well, I mean, even beyond that, like, what this episode is telling us the theme is, is that... Korra is not just Korra. She's not just the hero of the story because she's the Avatar. It's because she's Korra. But she, throughout this season, has not been acting in opposition to her identity as a human being. Right. In fact, she's been operating almost exclusively on her own self-interest and not in the interest of the world at large. I mean, yeah. she's been focusing on her parents mm-hmm. and her family and her home and not thinking about the, the world as a whole um, or the spirit world or the spirits or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, she's very selfish which, in the season. Which brings like, us to, put it bluntly. to like kind of the resolution of, of everything after they end up beating... Unalak and disintegrating him and whatever. Um, is that, like, you know, she's like, maybe I shouldn't close the spirit portals. Maybe Juan made a mistake. And, like, literally, what leads her to that line of thinking? You know? 
Nothing. I mean, it's just it's a split decision. Like she's been making the whole season. I but mean, they make it. There's nothing that like Unalak's speeches didn't get through to her or anything, and we don't see that. It just feels so. It, it must just be a split decision. To me, it feels like they realized. Oh, I guess we defeated darkness, which isn't very balanced. So then, like to to try to do something with the balance themes, we should just have her open the portals forever and then that'll be a fun thing to play with next next time on Korra. Right. And I mean my question uh, is even if she closed those portals, aren't the spirit wilds that were sown in Republic City still active? Is that not how it works? I think it would Can spirits not come in through the vines unless the portals in the north and south pole are open? I don't know. What is life? What is spirit? Why what is why thing? did they happen at all? The spirit wilds? Notice that we've never ever asked a single question like this related to Avatar the Last Airbender. Yeah. Because it doesn't invite those mm-hmm. questions. It doesn't ask of you well, what is the source of this energy? What, where did it begin? Where does it end? How do they interact exactly? It's, it doesn't ask you those questions. Spirits do magical spirit shit, and you accept it. Because they're spirits. Because it's not affected by the human goings-on so much. Exactly. There's no rules that you have to, you know, hard magic the, the spirit magic right. into. Like You don't have to use a hard magic system The for whole it. point is that... Like the spirit world is above the the realm of man, you know. Like it, it doesn't like it's bother. It's crazy itself. that we even need to say this. Like, of course, the spirit world is not something that you can just walk into. It's like it's insane that we even have to say this. <laughs> oh God, it's it's insane that we even have to say that. Like, okay, the avatar state shouldn't work since we told you. Since you told us that the Avatar state works because you can connect to your past lives, and you've just told us that the past lives are severed, so the Avatar state should be done. Yeah, but nope, she comes back. So what, and, like, what? like any consequence besides, I guess, leaving the spirit portals open is like entirely washed away. You know, we are like sitcom level back to square one, basically, except for this like new fact about the world that there are some spirits around <laughs> and like right and yeah i mean you could do interesting things with that i think that it's not a bad decision story-wise sure. considering what they do with it in the but next it's season i think entirely unmotivated that's fine but it's unmotivated exactly and it's used for they're trying to do this thing where every time you have a villain you take one small part of their ideology and you incorporate it into your own so opening the portals is this but it doesn't really like the thing is like Korra's enemies their ideology isn't cohesive Mm -hmm. so it doesn't make sense that like oh well I'm taking this one thing from them like this is just a thing it's like it's like saying like well now I believe in you know abortion rights because of uh, because Amon didn't uh, specifically oppose abortion rights right. like it has nothing to do with his ideology that there's a president now right he probably doesn't want there to be a president he probably wanted to you know abolish the government or something right. or you but know, we don't know himself it wasn't. Ever but we don't know because his about. his ideology was inconsistent and he didn't get to accomplish it. 
And then for Unalak, like, he wanted 10,000 years of darkness. I don't know why, just because he's evil, I guess. And he wanted to be the dark avatar. So that has nothing to do with opening the spirit portals. That was just something that he did on the side. To, like, like, to help accomplish his real goal. Right. I don't know. It's just... It's bad. Um, on the shipping, it's bad on the shipping level, shipping. it's also bad oh because again, the Bolin Eska shit fire of trash gets like this weird shit fire. Of yeah, trash. it just gets like this weird like nostalgic ending where like two lovers are like, it was the heat of battle, but you shall always live on in my heart, and it's like. Why? We'll never mention you again. Uh, one, I'll never mention you again. Two, she abused you for like two weeks straight. You literally feared for your life and you're like nostalgic yep. about it now. Like, this is a show for children yep. and like that's terrifying to me that this is a message that but they put see, in there. Hannah, you're forgetting. Uh, comic relief characters are not human. Oh, yeah. They're like punching Sorry, bags. I forgot. And you can just do anything you want to them and make their lives miserable. Yeah. And it's never bad because it's funny. Because it's all... It's a joke, man. Get a sense of it's humor. It's a joke because he's such a schlemiel, you God. know? He's such a fucking... He's a mashugana, and so you get to just shit on him the whole season. Yeah, it's... And he doesn't grow, and he nope. doesn't change, and Mako doesn't grow or change. Nope. He just becomes a head detective or something. Yeah, and he fucking breaks <laughs> up with Korra immediately after the last romantic scene they had together was him being. Oh like, yeah, that's a change. That's true. That's development. Is that they retcon, or not retcon, but they just undo the only change from the first season, it... <laughs> which was that Korra and Mako get together, and now that's undone. So now Korra is literally right back where she started. Where she started. Um. But, okay, can I just, like, talk about why I hate this so much? Because it makes sure. the amnesia plotline entirely pointless. <laughs> like, I oh, yeah, I time. hated that it existed for the reason it existed for, but, like, they then right. didn't even do anything with that. There was, like, no moment during battle where, like, Mako's in danger and Korra has to choose between, like, saving him and saving the world. You know, like, Aang and Katara both have moments like that throughout, like, uh, Avatar. And and Sokka gets it with some people, you know? And, like, you know, Zuko gets it later, too. <laughs> and, like, like, you know, like, the romantic struggles matter in battle and in these, like, geopolitical, Very like, true. ways. But, like... It didn't matter at all here. They just break up again no. after the fucking fight's over. Because this doesn't and work, it's like, does and it? Like, and they don't even do anything, like, dramatic with Asami, where it's like, maybe Asami doesn't help them out in the battle, or, like, is maybe more willing to let something happen to Korra in, like, a lover sort of spurned kind of action, and, like... Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be good. No, but it, but it would, would be, be something. something. You would have used the plot points that you've given yourself, and like, like a soap opera would have done something with this, you know. But like, Cora can't even muster that, and it's dumb. And you know what else is dumb, David? They fucking what else? Cora's the bridge to the spiritual world, and like, <laughs> she's like, it's literal now. I'm, 
I was literally the bridge, but now I don't have to be because the spirits are everywhere. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be more of a diplomatic role before, and it's definitely going to continue to need to be that role going forward. Yeah. So you're dumb, and I hate this show. And then I, the episode Big ended, time. and I was so happy. I don't think that we even really like got to the depths of our rage in this uh, episode can you know related to the giant monster fight i mean because like what else can- it's a kaiju fight in avatar that's so beyond the realm it's it's just <laughs> i'm like not even mad about it it just like hurts me personally in my heart you know like uh, like yeah. it's like it's just You've fallen so far. Let's fucking talk about the chase. Let's do it. Let's let's go back to Avatar. I can't talk about Korra anymore. All right. Um, we're done. This is the one. Korra 2. Korra book 2. We're done Dunzo. Uh, oh, wait. Let, let's give it a rating. David, what's your rating for Korra book 2? Negative 10,000 years of darkness. That's <laughs> yes, my rating. Yes, excellent. All right. Official rating, 10,000 Years of Darkness. Moving on. Uh, this time, for Avatar, <laughs> we're talking about... We're talking about two kind of stressful episodes. Um, the Chase... Right, but they're and, they're tough. They're tough episodes, man. They are. And I'm digging it. We're already introducing Toph into the group. We're incorporating her. I'm loving we it. We got it. So The Chase is all about how Toph's dynamic in the group is going to work. Um, and... You know, it, 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 yes. I, here's why I love the chase. And this is, um, I, I feel like we could probably do a, a whole episode just on, on episodes that are like this. Um, like, like I right. thought of a couple. Where they're just so complicated, just so, uh, well integrated. The, the, the thematics and the characters and the plot are all completely intertwined yes. and perfect. Well, well, I, specifically, so, so the plot to this one is that the kids keep trying to get some sleep, but are being pursued by a mysterious, uh, at, at first, like, caravan machine Sound. thing that, that yeah. they don't know who it is or what it is. Um, but they know it's a ghost. Train. Yeah, it's not good. Um, <laughs> so they have to keep running away from it and they're exhausted. And, you know, that creates extra tension between tensions that were already sort of bubbling to the surface. Um, and to me, this it's like it's like a type of bottle episode almost, you know, where. Um, like because because there are a couple other like, like sci fi shows where I've watched where it's this similar tactic where like people aren't allowed to sleep. Or like they have to keep moving. It's their pursuits. Yeah. Pursuits are are an absolute yeah. trope. I mean, um, episodes that are just totally about being pursued by an unrelenting force yeah. of like, some kind. Like there's... It's a big Twilight Zone thing. It's a big um, Star Trek thing, like you mm-hmm. said. Big Star Wars thing. I mean, that's it's literally the plot of Last yeah. Jedi. Um, um, I mean, yeah, there's. Yeah. Like in in TV, um, there uh, there's been at least one episode of um, the 100 that did it, and like the one that immediately springs to I'll mind. I'll bet there's a Buffy. I'll I'll bet you there, anything. There might a be a Buffy. There's definitely a Battlestar Galactica one that's like wildly similar oh, yeah. to the way this no, works. No, I know. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Forty two yeah, or something. Yeah, for, like yeah, uh, forty four hours. Something. It's like a that. number. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, or 20 minutes, or I don't yeah. know, whatever it it's is, like every... it's like, there's a certain amount of time before the Cylons, um, the robots, yeah. the Cylons catch up to them, and, uh, and then they have to warp yeah. again, and they have to, you know, plan their whole life plan that. in that short period of time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, same exact thing, but this is just, it's fantastic. It's, it's so good. Um, so yeah, go ahead, <laughs> talk about Toph, yeah. talk, talk about your girl. Oh, Toph's my girl. Um, she's great. She's super privileged. It's <laughs> just the thing. So she doesn't really understand the concept of like doing things for other people. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's just like, yeah, all right. So you're flying me around. That's just the natural order of things. That's not a favor you're doing for me. It's a favor I'm doing for you that I'm coming with you at right. all. Uh, and so I'm just going to, you know, catch my own food, build my own a shelter and you know i don't need a fire you know i don't need anything right. i don't need anything from you people it's to me um, it's interesting because i feel like it's not totally just like i'm privileged so like i think it i is. mean i think that's a lot of it but i think some of that sort of self-reliance comes from the fact that like oh, I, I hear you, you yeah. know like she doesn't want people she's insecure yeah. that everybody's always trying to do things for her at right home. so she so she's on her own yeah. she's like but but the thing is yeah, it's combined yeah. that, the fact that she doesn't want anyone to do anything for right. her, with the fact that she doesn't perceive certain things as favors that are being done for her, or, you know, things that Community she doesn't perceive herself as a burden. Right. right. So it's a complicated sort of relationship. And Katara, you know, that is... That one character description is more complicated than anything we've talked about in Korra the entire season. Continue. <laughs> and so Katara is, you know, sort of um, the the mother, the mediator, and so she's just not used to having so much conflict in the group, and like her being a mother figure increases the tension between her and Toph because. Tav hates parental authority right. in all of its forms. Right. She literally um, ran away from so it. So very, very complicated things going on. And it's all really interesting. Uh, you know, so then they get into an argument, you know, Katara yells at, at Toph, like, you know, you, you should be helping out with the chores mm -hmm. around the camps. And Tav is like, you know, well, if you just so pampered, <laughs> you know, sugar queen, right. blah, blah, blah. And I mean, part of... Part of why I like this is because it kind of fits in with Katara's, like, idea of, like, justice, community, and fairness, you know? Like, she's exactly. she's willing to give Toph the benefit of the doubt at first. Like, oh, maybe she just doesn't understand. She doesn't know what what is right, what is just, right. that, you know... Right, which she doesn't. Right. <laughs> um, but Toph is just stubborn and is like, no, I'm I'm right and you're wrong. Uh, but in the middle of the yeah. fight, they get interrupted by the 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 chase, <laughs> the the scary right. mechanical machine, and so they gotta keep going. Um, and the chase, I mean, like it, it it's it's not just one note. It's not just that the you know the the ghost train keeps showing mm -hmm. up and then they keep running. It's like. Some you know, Abba gets tired. Abba has to land. They try to throw them off their trail. Right. Well, and at, at a certain and, point, they uh, they find out it's those three girls from Omashu, which I love because they like right. don't really know their names yet or like right. who they well, are. How would they? Right. Yeah. But but I I again, we the audience know, but I enjoy the fact that we get to know, but the characters don't know. You know. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's nice that, you know, the characters don't always know everything that we yeah. know. I mean, the same thing happened for, you know, Zuko, and we knew so much more about Zuko's internal life and his motivation than the gang did. Right. Um, so, I, yeah, that's a pretty consistent thing throughout. Um, anyway, <laughs> one thing that I think is really interesting about this episode is the, the fact that Appa is shedding because it's now spring. Yeah. Um, so we get a sense that time is passing, like it's no longer winter, which is what it was when the series started. Right, like we have Um, the winter solstice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really effective the way that time passes. It's very naturalistic, it doesn't feel forced, it's not just like, it's very subtle, and you compare that to like Korra, which is just it, and everything seems to take place like within a couple days. Yeah. Like no, there's there's no gaps there's like between week. anything that's happening. Remember, Jennifer- right? There's a week that it takes to get from point A to point B, but nothing happens at home while that's right. happening. You know, it's it's sort of like while they're sailing from one place to another, like time stops. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's just very strange. It's it's like, and I don't know how how long there was between Amon and the winter festival uh, of lights uh, or whatever that started off the season, and I don't know how long it's been since then. I'll sort of put you know, it in in this terms, like Avatar feels like the way the way time and seasonality is treated in Avatar feels similar to the way like time, space, and seasonality were treated in Game of Thrones, where, like, it takes physical time to get from one place to another, and, like, that journey has consequences. Whereas with Korra, it feels like season, like, the last few seasons of Game of Thrones, where people just, like, teleport places because the plot demands, you know? Right. It's, like, it's, it's just unsatisfying. No, I, I absolutely agree. And I think the Game of Thrones comparison is good. Um, like, you know, in this one, it's not winter is coming, it's summer is right. coming. Uh, Which is, it's fine. <laughs> so so now it's spring. But that's fine. Um, yeah. I don't know, they, they try to, to lead the girls off with a fake trail of fur, but uh, Azula notices, uh, Azula notices some, um, like... Uh, broken tree branches so which again i like because it's it's showing us that azula is observant azula is smart she's not gonna just fall for like tricky tricks necessarily um yeah i mean i think it's a little bit of uh, i don't know what this trope is called but you know where the audience or the author of the work gives one character all the knowledge that they have because they're they wrote it um, you know, I don't think that Azula really ever gets tricked. Yeah. Like, basically, throughout the entire show. I mean, I'll keep my eye out, but, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not expecting to find anything. She does at the very uh, end. She, she, that's a good point. Yeah, she gets tricked, but, I mean, she's, yeah, she's going through some shit. <laughs> um, but... For the most part, I mean, she just kind of sees through any ruse at all times, and she can, you know, lie to anybody and convince them to do anything because she's, she's got villain power. She does. You know, a villain power is you can do everything that the that you would try to do, that you attempt mm-hmm. to do, up until the point where the heroes stop right. you. Um. So so yeah. So she goes off uh, in the one direction and sends May and Ty Lee in in the other, um, and May and Ty Lee come across. Sokka and Katara, and they have a fun little fight. Um, 
and Appa yep. ends up saving them and by pushing Appa them, saves the day. Push them in the water. And then we get the Tylee Saka ship launch with Tylee being like, was it just me or was that guy cute? And then everyone's like, they're in love, five ever. Yeah. Um, but it's it's fine. It's not anything. It's just a thing that happened. <laughs> it's nothing. Um, but before that happens, there's a big argument with, uh, you know, Katara and Toph, and Aang's trying to mitigate. Yeah, but then but Toph... <laughs> he even gets angry yeah. because Toph says that Appa is responsible for them being tracked, which is true, because Toph is never wrong. Um... <laughs> But uh, but Aang Which, immediately regrets yelling at his uh, his earthbending new teacher. earthbending teacher, and she's gone. She just leaves. She, she doesn't take any guff. You yeah. know, she didn't want to be here anyway. Yeah, and uh, then we get the best scene. She, she doesn't need nobody. We get the best scene, David. Right, the best scene. It's it's really the best scene. I mean, I think this is maybe the first scene that we we really like understand how powerful of a character uncle iroh mm-hmm. is because toph runs into him so and he invites her to yeah. have some tea with him and they do and they have like a little like heart to heart and it's really cute and sweet yeah. and great and and we realize it's a great character conversation with both characters sort of like talking around the specifics of their problems and like of course neither one knowing what group the other belongs to because Toph hasn't been a... Yeah, they're just strangers. Toph hasn't been part of Team Avatar before um, and doesn't know who any of their past, like, antagonists have been. Um, And it's not like Iroh's been, like, actively hunting them recently. Uh, Right, so he's never met Toph. Um, And, uh, you know, maybe Iroh has, you know, some things where, you know, he does think that it's odd for... Uh, you know, this young girl to be traveling alone in the middle of nowhere, um, who also seems to be blind. Uh, but, you know, he's like, well, you know, who am I to judge? Uh, I'm an old, old yeah. man in the wilderness by myself, and I recently poisoned myself with tea, so... <laughs> Happy to not poison hey, you with you know, tea. We all got struggles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they give each other some advice. You know, Toph is like, you know, you should... Tell Zuko that you need him, not just that he needs you. Um, and Iroh tells her, you know, sometimes helping other people is the best way to help ourselves. Yeah. Um, and that's good advice. <laughs> um, you know, and it's what Toph needed to hear. You know, she she isn't just, you know, uh, and she's not an island. Right. Right. She needs friends. Yeah. <laughs> we all need friends. <laughs> I guess that's the core of it. But I, I like the idea that, you know, like, he tells her it's not wrong to accept help and to give help to others. Um, and, like, right. like you know, he, the whole thing that's with the That's a good tea. lesson. Yes. It's a, it's a great lesson that I think, like, even adults forget sometimes, you know? It's the sort of kind of, like, Right. Timeless... I mean, we all want to be independent. Mm-hmm. We all want to be... Are you know forging our own path, but we need others and we need to help others. Which, we we can't be just our own independent selves. <laughs> Cora, sorry. Cora, sorry. It's just you can't all just be it's giant. It's the women. literal opposite moral of the entire season of Cora, and I can't. Um, all right, no, no, no. Just yeah. stay in the chase. Stay in the happy place. Right. So, so uh, Ang leads. 
Azula to like a ghost town, uh, which you can imagine there'd be ghost towns. And it's great. Yeah, they have a Western standoff. Everybody shows up and everyone is teaming up against Azula. This is like such a good fight, though, because it starts off as Aang versus Azula. And then Zuko shows up and you're like, oh, shit, because we get a scene earlier where Zuko sees the tracks from the like tank or whatever right. and it's like it's gotta be azula yeah i guess basically he just shows he just up. kind of shows yeah. up um so like for a while like a couple minutes we get just ang versus azula versus zuko in this like amazing battle royale and like it's yeah. such a fun fight to watch because everyone's gunning for everyone else and ang's just kind of like blah <laughs> And, like, Zuko and Azula are both, like, just, like, trying their fucking hardest, you know? It's, like, it's, yeah. it's just an absolute joy to watch this battle. Yeah. Um, and, been... and there's a lot of drama behind oh, yeah. it. I mean, there's stakes. There's here. stakes abound. It feels, like, it feels like Azula could really capture him because yeah. he's sleep-deprived. You know, he he's not going to go into the Avatar state right now. He, his friends are missing. Yep. Toph ran away. Uh, Appa's not even there, uh, but then then all of his friends show up. Yeah, and Uncle Iroh, and Iroh shows, shows up. up. Um, and they're all against Azula, but Iroh's distracted because he's like, "Oh shit, it's that little girl. What the fuck's she doing with the Avatar? <laughs> Damn, what?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and while he's distracted, Azula shoots some fire into his heart, and Zuko has like this craziest most twisted face reaction um yeah he's real fucked up because he didn't even think about like iroh could get hurt if he left iroh alone like he didn't even think about that he was just thinking like you know iroh's slowing me down you know my uncle's slowing me down he'll do fine on his own i'll do fine on my own but you know you know we can just separate and he'll be fine and i don't have to worry about him but he didn't consider like iroh could get hurt and like He's mortal. Right. And he's old. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's a really powerful thing that, like, you know, we as the audience haven't necessarily thought about that much. You know, like, we, we've we only ever seen Iroh kick a lot of ass, and we've heard tales of him being awesome forever, you know? Like, the last right. time he faced down Azula, he redirected her lightning. Um, you know, like like, he can handle a threat. But I, and, and Zuko has seen this. So I, I like this because I think it's also something that in the real world, part of growing up is realizing like our parents and parental figures are mortal and like are not invincible and can get hurt. And that like, we potentially need to be there for them just as they're there for us. And like, it's such a good, it's so good. Like that's juicy, man. And then followed up by even more juice, which is Katara tries to be like, hey, I can help. I can heal him. Yeah, and Toph is messed up about it. And screams for him to leave. Yeah. (laughs) It's 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 heart-wrenching. It is, because you don't know if Ira was going to die right there. You don't, and like, like, you know Katara, and like, it's crazy that she's just like... Yeah, but it it also makes sense that Katara would potentially try to help him because back at the North Pole, he, like, sort of helped them with, like, the whole moon spirit right. thing, you know? Um, exactly. So, like, it makes sense that she'd be willing to, like, 
try to save him, but Zuko is just so consumed and, like, God, like, that, him yelling leave, like, will haunt me, you know? It's just so powerful. Yeah. And it doesn't feel contrived either. Mm. It's very true to his character. I mean, I just, it's very hard to find in the original Avatar The Last Airbender, like, a scene where the characters do something wildly out of character. Yeah. That, that's really tough for me to even think of, like... When was the time that Sokka did something un-Sokka-ish where I was like, that's not Sokka? <laughs> I think it's because I, they've developed these characters as three-dimensional enough that... But also they're two-dimensional enough that you know the stereotype. Right. You know the types of stories that go with them. Right. So it's both things. They're very developed and very real, but they're also very stereotypical and very tropish and very easy to define and, and right. mark what, down. What I think it is, is there's a lot of um, nuance and humanity that has been added into this pretty basic, like, cookie-cutter character. Um, exactly. And, and because exactly. of that, because there's all been all of this really unique and personal embellishment on a, a pretty basic trope, um, you're able to have a character that can do something a little bit different than what's expected of the trope and still have it be quote unquote in character because like we trust that we, you know what you're doing with Sokka. You know, we've seen you grow him. Exactly. We've seen him go from point A to point B and you know, like sure. Maybe at first the science stuff felt kind of weird, but like, all right, Sokka's the guy with the plan. Like, sure. The guy with the plan can be interested in some science, you know, like, like you, you can get there. You know, you can you can connect the of dots. Of course. Um, whereas when Cora, right. no one grows or learns about there's anything. There's no dots. There's just episodes. Yeah, there's there's just characters, and they look exactly the same at the end as they did at the beginning. Just some other stuff happened. Right, and maybe that'll change in book three. I you honestly know, we'll, don't we'll see. remember. You'll have to join us. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, let's move on to bitter so, work. Let's. We'll move on to bitter work. I love bitter work too. I think like we're just in the heart of like the best season of <laughs> children's television that we ever experienced. <laughs> like that's what we're that's what we're yeah. in is like when we were kids, this was the best, and it never got any, got any better than this until we were adults. I mean, okay, I I think there are episodes in season three of Avatar that are better. Than certain episodes, right, but as, but a, as whole, a whole, I mean, season two is as a whole. I think season yeah, two is the most I mean, cohesive and like impactful hell yeah. uh, season. And that's why you can have an episode, which is this is my favorite type of episode, which is just, just training an montage. episode of Avatar where they just explain things, yeah, for twenty minutes, just explaining the rules of the world and how things are and the way that you know the philosophy behind yeah. it all. I love explaining. And they do it, they do it so visually, and so I I love character. Yeah, I so so this one's all about you know Aang finally buckling down. They're not being chased anymore. There's they've got the internal group dynamic to a <laughs> at least not at a boiling point. Um, and right. you know it's it's time to learn to bend some rocks. But you know hell it's, yeah. Aang is struggling with it so much because he's an airbender, which is like literally the opposite of Earth, you know. Um, yeah. And and so I mean, he's like he's thinking about Earthbending. He, like he's got the wrong mindset 
to be an earthbender basically. And like this right. episode is all about correcting that mindset, which is awesome. Yeah, there's just some really good dialogue about this just like throughout the episode. It's hard to peg down any one line, I mean, but you know, it's just, you know, Angle say something like there, there's got to be like a trick that I can learn. And Tav is like, no, there's no trick. There's no gimmick. There's no you just have to face it head on and you just got to do it. Yeah, that's exactly. My, that's my you just have line. to. And Ang's like, if I come at it from a different angle, maybe. And he's like, nope, no, there's no right. trickety trick that's going to move that rock. And it's like, you're right. Exactly. There's like, not. But that's and throughout like, the episode, you know? There's also, like, uh, when there's a rock barreling towards Ang, <laughs> saying, if you don't bend this rock to stop it, it's going to crush you. And Toph's yeah. like, you should have given it the pleasure of crushing you, you right. coward. You Ugh. jumped out of the way. So much good. Tough shit. It's I so mean, good. this is what tough it was raised in, right. basically. Like, you know, if you're not tough, people are gonna bowl right over yep. you because they look at you as lesser. Yeah. Um, that's that's her shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so like so. This one's interesting because you know we've sort of basically just kind of had a plots for. For a, a, a little, little bit, bit like yeah. there is like a couple of like mine there's a little bit of a, a B plot uh, in the last episode, but this this episode has like not only a B plot but also a C plot. <laughs> like Yeah, I mean we've had we've had that before oh, as yeah. well. I mean, I mean I'm not saying it's... having having B plots and C plots isn't new for, for Avatar, but yeah, this one you can't have a whole episode that's just a right. training montage. Right. Uh so, so they have two training <laughs> montages and then one you know, comic, comic relief. relief bit. Um, but I, I, yeah. I like how they all work in concert with each other because the comic relief bit sort of exactly. serves as the resolution to Aang's uh, problem to the a plot. Yeah, it plays into the it plays into the final uh, you know climactic confrontation right. at the end. And and uh, that Sokka gets trapped in a hole. <laughs> yes, um, he's hole trapped. Um, and the B plot I like because. It it's mirroring Aang's journey, you know, like Aang is forced right. to learn um, an element that feels diametrically opposed to who he is as a person. Um, and meanwhile, Zuko is learning about um, the, very, the same. very same thing. He's learning about, as he calls it, avatar stuff um, that, you know, what makes the... So Iroh is sort of like training him, um, and he says the four elements combined together is what makes the Avatar so powerful. Fuck you, Korra, for ruining that. Um, <laughs> sorry, just had to slip it in there. Uh, well, he, he didn't. To be fair, he didn't say it was the only thing that makes the Avatar true, powerful. That's true, but, but it's it. I feel like it lessens is a major part. It of lessens it. that because it, he's not talking about it's so powerful that the Avatar can combine them all. Isn't it crazy? He can do four different kinds of bending. It's like, no, no. he's able to, it's the other way. Yeah. Around. It's because he is able to appreciate and, and learn the skills and styles and he, he's, holistic. he's holistic. He's not, he's, yeah. he's culturally diverse basically. 
um, and is able to combine them into something powerful that it's more powerful than the individual right. um, or just. So first I rose right. like, you know, uh, first I was like, we, we should teach you Zuko how to do lightning so that you can kill Azula because she's crazy. <laughs> Um, oh yeah. Also, we and, get a. And she really should not be the fire lord. <laughs> right. uh, we also get a dream sequence where he remembers his son's death, and it's very sad. Yeah, I think that's the only time that we see Lu yeah. Ten outside of a picture. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's sweet. He's just a cute little yeah. kid, um, and it's sad that he's yeah. dead. Uh, so yeah, we we spend a ton of time explaining how lightning works. Uh, we we really get a sense of how fire works through yeah. it. You know, uh, lightning is the separating of yin and yang energy, positive and negative energy, and then they recombine to create lightning. It's totally about balance. It's totally about, you know, you know, Eastern spiritualism stuff as seen through white American <laughs> eyes, right. but still, um, it's still, it works. Know, I think it's pretty well done. And, and in order to do it, you have to have perfect balance within yourself. And Zuko obviously is not that. So it just keeps exploding in his face, just like everything else in my life. Uh, He's so dramatic, and I love it. Oh, God. This is like a prime emo Zuko episode. Uh, I mean, it's literally the most, I think, that we ever even get of emo Zuko, because he literally, at the end, is screaming into the rain for the lightning to strike him down. Uh, and he yells at the heavens, <laughs> you've never held back, yeah, strike you've me. never held back before. <laughs> it's so, it's oh, too yeah. much, but it's great. I mean, it's overdramatic. It it's works. a kid's show. And you feel it, though. It That's does the work. Thing, like, the delivery and the animation yeah. works really well. And when you're 12 and on DeviantArt, <laughs> I mean, that's, holy that's, shit, does this have impact. That's the best shit right there. Um... Yeah, so so basically Zuko can't learn to fire or do lightning. Um and so Iroh's like, I'll teach you a move that Azula doesn't know and Zuko's like, Oh yeah, the good shit and he's like, This is how you redirect lightning <laughs> and like Zuko's like, Alright, yeah. I think I got it. Shoot some lightning at me and I was like, Are you fucking crazy? I'm not gonna try to kill you? Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Again, there's also a lot of explanation that goes into it. They talk about the stomach being the sea of chi. Mm-hmm. The uh, grounding force. Talking about... You're, right, and talking about you ha- you can't let the lightning touch your heart or it'll kill you, but if you can bypass it, then you can redirect it. And he talks about how he got this technique from studying waterbenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes into detail about how he sees each of the nations. This is, you know, a fire nation is the nation of power. Earth Kingdom is the nation of substance. Mm-hmm. Uh, air Nation is the is the uh, nation of freedom mm-hmm. and water. The nature of change, like very you know, like There's... sort of surface level. Right, but it it gives each nation more than just a national identity necessarily. It gives it a spiritual identity right. as well, which like feels exactly. important. <laughs> You know, when... Right, and it all builds out yeah. in sort of a natural right. way. It's not like they all just came off of turtles. Like, <laughs> they built their societies around the elements that they control. Right, and it would... It's it's a sort of thing where it's like, it follows that, you know, 
a, right. a, a that nation, a nation that, that can fly would have freedom. Right. That a nation that was grounded in the earth can would build have giant substance walls and, and could can build big walls, decadent thing buildings. You know, like like they're able to. It's natural that create. a fire nation would be really good at war and exercising power against right. others. Um, like, like it, it makes sense where, uh, that these societies came from these powers and it doesn't feel like, I don't know, this society is like this. So, um, yeah, they can do wind shit, (laughs) you know, it's like they didn't, (laughs) they can do, you know, like there's no backwards reverse engineering going on here. It's like, what? Where I feel like Republic City is very much reverse engineered, where they're like, I thought it'd be cool to have this. Like, you know, it goes back to that rule of cool thing. I thought it'd be cool to have New York City, but with... But Asian-y. Asian. <laughs> but the most generic Asian-y we could possibly find, right. instead of... It's it's Chinatown, Jack. Yeah. Woohoo! Love that! Um, <laughs> whereas Avatar is entirely disinterested in doing things for the aesthetic you know it's like the aesthetic is based on some plot or uh like spiritual or relevant detail you know it's it's like i don't know right it it just makes sense in a way that cora often doesn't um so anyway back in the a plot Yeah, we got a training montage. We got, you know, Aang trying to dig through a rock with his hands, trying to sense the earth, uh, you know, and play whack-a-mole with the with rocks, trying to push Toph while she's in rock armor, trying to resist an earthquake while catching rocks. So, you know, he can't move a rock just, you know, without touching it, but he he's kind of feeling the earth more. He's getting in touch with you know, waiting and listening. That part he's understanding. He just can't, you know, he just can't face the rock head on. Um, And so Katara and Toph have a pedagogical debate. That's what they do. Yeah, Katara is like, you should try positive reinforcement. And Toph's like, cool. You suck, Aang. Work harder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I like that she just knows how she works and, you know, doesn't, you know, try to incorporate anything of that Katara says. But but again, I think <laughs> she just steals his uh, his glider and starts breaking peanuts right. with it. And uh, you know, he stands up to Toph, but uh, more importantly, he goes to save Sokka from being stuck in a hole um, while he's being attacked by a uh, saber tooth moose lion cub. Moose lion. Moose lion. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so he, also, so Sokka goes and he tries to hunt down a, a a little baby moose, but he ends up stuck in a hole, and he decides to renounce his whole identity um, as a guy who likes to eat meat and likes to be sarcastic. The sarcasm guy. Uh, um, but also, the best named character in the entire show is what he calls oh, this thing, yeah. which is Fufu Cuddly Poops, and like, I'm sorry, that's the best. Like, you can all go home. Yeah. We're done here. It's very natural. It's very Sokka. Um, yeah. Like, I, I, I think it is very Sokka, because, you know, Sokka's about this, like, generally very masculine bluster. Uh, you know, hunting, meat, sarcasm. But then, like, you know, he'll do yeah. shit like buy a purse. He likes cute things. And call things, things. cuddly poops. <laughs> 
He th- he knows that he's cute. He but he wants to eat he him. He doesn't want to eat him. But he he knows he's cute. Um, Sokka also uh, immediately upon being saved, uh, <laughs> asks for meat. So uh, yeah. he is not reformed he, at all. He, he, he was insincere. Yes. His his bargaining, <laughs> which is his also his his thing. bargaining with God was all, all but for naught. <laughs> it was a front. yeah yeah, um, yeah so. I think I'm glad that, you know, despite the fact that we talked about the worst finale in Korra and one of the uh. worst finales ever. <laughs> um, I mean, Game of Thrones got nothing on <laughs> Legend of Korra Honestly, book you're two. right. <laughs> spicy take, but yeah. Um, spicy take. Um, but I'm glad that we get to end this episode on a positive yeah. note. That I, mean, I think we needed it. We deserved we, this. We deserved this. We need tough episodes. Ma- and they're going to continue. They're going to continue. We made it um, through Korra, and we got two great episodes. Like, just, and just, like, well-planned and executed episodes, too. You know, like, the exactly. writing here, like, regardless of, like, characters we love or anything like that, like, the writing here is just so solid, you know? Like, it... Yeah, the comedy jokes are comedy jokes. Right. Iroh does a funny dance. Uh, you know, funny things happen. <laughs> Is that, that's your, your metric? Is there are funny things? Aang also does a funny dance. He also does do a funny um, dance. There were funny dances. I mean, I just feel like this show is able to be much more goofy in a natural yes. way than Korra yeah. is. Because that show is so over-serious. Mm-hmm. This show has levity and it has depth. It has the emoist character in either show and the funniest character. That's true. Show. That's true. We get you know? this in the same episode that Zuko yells at the fucking heavens crying about not being hit by lightning. We get fufu cuddly poops. Like, come on. Cora exactly. could never. Could never. Um, so Aang learns to move a rock in this episode. Yeah. And he's never going to be the best earthbender mm-hmm. He's never going to be even, you know, the best Earthbender on the team. He's yeah. never going to be the best Earthbender in any real matchup. Yeah. But now he can move a rock. He can move a rock. That's and something And eventually he can do. he'll move more rocks. And it'll continue. He will move more rocks. Uh, he continues to improve as the show and, goes. And it'll be good. And and we'll, we'll go on this journey together. And it'll... And you know what else, what? Anna? We are halfway through this entire rewatch. Oh my God. Can you believe it? I'm so... I have mixed feelings. <laughs> I have mixed feelings, too. We're, we're halfway through Korra, which fucking great. Thank God. But, like, oh, man, we're halfway yeah, through Avatar. We're halfway through Avatar, Darn. too. But also, yeah. we're halfway through Avatar, and well, I love the rest of Avatar, so... I'm excited we go. to keep watching. Here we go. Onwards and upwards. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.